0: What is the best way to be able to communicate with your client?
1: Do you ever wish life had an undo button? Walking the balance between business and the creative life can be hard. But Matt and Shelby are here to attempt to answer the tough questions, so you don't need an undo. Presented by Made by Things,
0: this is the Command Z Show. Welcome back to the Command Z Show. We have an extra special episode today, but before we get to our special guest, Shelby, how are you doing?
1: Pretty good. I sound slightly better, I think, hopefully from last week. No longer
0: sick. Yep. That's what we're doing. Quite a bit better. Uh, Shelby, you have been doing a lot of traveling and getting snowed in everywhere you go, it seems.
1: I know. <laughs> I know it's been. It has not been fun. Um, Sioux City, Sioux Falls, throughout the whole tri-state area through there, we've gotten a couple feet of snow. It's not been a good time, but we're traveling. We're moving. It's okay. There's no ice, so we're not so bad. Nice, but.
0: nice. That's
2: what keeps happening up here. It nice. snows and it snows, then rains, then freezes over, and then it's just yep. yeah. That's a whole other ball game.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, you're probably wondering who is that voice? Uh, oh. well, that's why, that's why this episode <laughs> is extra special because we have a guest, uh, Jeremy Thibodeau. Jeremy, how are you doing?
2: I'm doing good. Thank you for asking. Yeah. Yes. Uh I'm recovered. Wh- I'm recovered from, from that <laughs> onslaught.
0: <laughs> uh, what city are you in? I'm in Montreal. Montreal. Yeah. Oh, I had no idea. Yeah. Right. That's why when you guys that's were cool. speaking
2: about snow, it resonated with me.
0: <laughs> right we're all uh, very similar weather patterns uh shelby's in uh you're in iowa today right
1: i am in iowa today <laughs> so yep.
0: iowa and i'm in columbus and then up a bit uh, you're up there montreal this is good this is turning into a geography episode of the command Z we're
2: central east <laughs> we're in north america we're all in north america <laughs>
0: here we are not in the west coast no. or the east coast or we are not south
2: <laughs> yeah it's true uh, i i actually because i do um I do have a few clients that are central time and I can never remember if it's one hour or two hours difference. I've missed, I've missed meetings because I, I thought it was at a certain time. Anyway. Yep. Yeah. It's confusing.
0: Yep. <laughs> yep. I do it all the time. Yeah. Don't worry. Not just you. Um, So we're having you on the show because I was scrolling through LinkedIn the other day and I saw a video about uh. About a post that you wrote. It seemed like a couple of days before. And yeah, you uh, were I a little the,
2: late to the party. Actually, I was. I was uh, apparently. Yeah.
0: <laughs> 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 I was, but I saw I saw your response first, and I was like, uh-huh. "Oh, I gotta know what is going on here."
2: My ten-minute rant.
0: Yeah, it was. It was nice. <laughs> it was good. Um, before we go into the question here um i want to i want to read this post for for just a moment again this is jeremy's post not mine just want to be sure we're all on the same page here so um this post got a bit of hate from it now i've been there i've written things where you mean well and people kind of take it a different direction altogether and i think that's why this kind of resonated with me so much because mm-hmm. I was like, they're not understanding kind of the meaning behind this post as much. They're kind of responding to small things in this.
2: You said in your comment, um, people were looking for a reason to hate this before they even finished reading it. So I, I, I could tell oh, that yeah. you've had experience with this kind of thing too. <laughs> and uh, and we can speak more yep. to that in, in a moment. But
0: yeah. Yep. All right. So you wrote, if you're a freelancer uh, and it's our first time working together, the very worst thing you can do is have a slow response time. I'm trusting you next to blindly to deliver for a client with whom I've fostered a relationship for years. When you don't answer within two hours of me asking for an update, I get very anxious. Ideally, you'd answer within 10 minutes. Uh, Once we've worked together a few times, not so important, but when it's fresh, be extremely responsive. Uh, how your client feels about working with you is the most important component now, before we dive into this, the big question that I have for you is what is the best way to be able to communicate with your client? So going back to your post, um, what was your initial response when you started seeing a lot of uh, a lot of the comments that you were getting?
2: Well, okay. So first off, um, I made a commitment at the beginning of the year that I'm going to start to try to, you know, invest in a LinkedIn presence. And I think that something a little bit unique that I bring to the table is being able to share, uh, the experience of working with large, uh, you know, corporate clients directly, but as a creative, so not through an agency. And so you know, the way that I've been able to kind of position myself um, is through having really good uh, customer experience and really good communication. And so my whole spiel is basically just sharing insight into that. So on, you know, and and I don't like have a bunch of stuff planned out. I got a bunch of stuff in my head. And then I just kind of, I'm trying to post whatever, four to five times a week. Uh, that's what they say to do. So it's Saturday morning and I'm there like I'm, you know, I was just sitting on the toilet And I'm just thinking, I was just thinking like, well, okay, what's one thing I could say that, you know, people will, will benefit from? Well, personally, uh, a really fast response time um, definitely is appreciated by my clients. And I certainly appreciate it. And so that was the first step in my head. So we'll just, you know, we'll nudge people towards fast response times. The second thought in my head was, okay, well, I want to write it in a way that's going to hook people because i'm trying to learn how this whole algorithm thing works so i was like you know the worst thing that you can do right because then people are like well what's the worst thing you could do and then it said you know have a slow response time and a lot of people i think were like okay yeah that's that makes sense and then they kept reading and then they got to the ideally you'd answer within 10 minutes and i think that's the thing that set a lot of people off because what it came across as was me and my profile even said like agency founder at that point and I, right. I do have a small agency, but we can get into what actually constitutes an agency because I realized afterwards that I think a lot of people kind of like actually like hate agencies and feel oppressed by agencies so i'm yep. I'm taking that term away from my how i self identify even though we do we are a small agency, but again, that's my definition of an agency. I don't know exactly how everyone defines an agency um but the whole point is this came across as me you know this whatever, like agency exec guy telling freelancers that, you know, if they don't answer within 10 minutes, they're not doing things properly. And I think that that's kind of, <laughs> I think that that's yep. how people took it. And we're just like, this is an insane toxic expectation to impose upon the freelancer body. Uh, you know, you're a toxic client. And so, you know, it, it, it sparked, uh, it didn't only spark, uh, it, it sparked a ton of conversations in the threads, like got up to like 400 and something comments. Mm-hmm. Um and you know i i I learned a lot about what that pain actually looks like and feels like that that kind of like pain of of oppression um or exploitation more i think um I think a lot of people are and feel exploited uh especially when you're out on your own and you're juggling so many things at once and uh yeah, then it you know it kind of spiraled I also had a few. I think kind of like heavy hitter accounts, when I say heavy hitter, I mean like, you know, accounts who have, you know, followings and engagement from the freelancer body that kind of deliberately mischaracterized what it is that I wrote. And I think they do this as a recurring strategy in order to appeal to a certain segment of the of the LinkedIn audience by essentially rephrasing what people say, um, you know in the comment and basically calling them out for being oppressive uh you know uh buyers or predatory buyers, and that you know obviously um connects with people because they have their own experience like that, and so then they read they actually come across the post through the creator that they're following who commented aggressively, then they go back and read the post, but already with the context of the comment that led them to the post in the first place. And then they see that, you know, 50 other people have chimed in. And so they feel empowered to chime in themselves and it just snowballs. And that's kind of how that works. So, yep. so that, that's what happened to me. And, you know, then it comes down to, then it comes down to, you know, are you going to take it on the chin or are you going to, you know, are you going to get, get butt uh, butthurt about it? And I, I'd like to think that I, at the very least kind of, you know, responded with with some integrity, and uh, hopefully the the follow up post was able to clarify. The follow up post got you know uh, five thousand impressions versus the original that got a hundred thousand. So I think a lot of people didn't see the follow up <laughs> post, and so now my name and face is associated to this this idea of like oppressive agency client. Um, right. But for the ones who did see the follow up post, uh, I think that the I think that the, you know, my position was, you know, at the very least kind of like reinforced. Um, And I got a lot of, I got a lot of people reaching out saying like, you know, good on you for kind of taking it the way that you did. And, and, you know, thanks for posting the, the clarification and so on and so forth. So all in all. I was happy with the experience. Uh, at first on the Saturday, I was like, whoa, no, 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 no. And then Sunday again, like, so it kind of like ruined my weekend emotionally. Like my girlfriend was like, you know, put it down and just like, just let it go until Monday, take your weekend. But like all weekend, I was like, how much, like every like two minutes, I'm getting like mad hate. Like people are saying like, oh, this guy must be an abusive partner, uh, you know, to his spouse. Um, that just, oh, like people yeah. really took it. Like there were reposts about like, you know, whole car con- anyway, just, yeah. So, but then I realized, ah, oh, you know what? It's, it's just LinkedIn. It's like, what, what is this? This is, this is completely irrelevant in my actual life. Um, and it's social media. That's, that's how social media is. It's, it's, it's that way by design. So uh, once that kind of clicked you know, in my head. Uh, it actually started to become kind of fun and then i ended up spurring on some some fun conversations and it even inspired me to bring up some other points over the course of the week cuz i had a it was the first week of the year didn't have much client work going on the clients were kind of you know figuring out their their budgets for the year or whatever so i had a lot of time so i spent the whole week just like arguing with people on linkedin and it was fun <laughs>
0: <laughs> so um, i think that's Uh, that's one of the one of the big things that kind of drew me to wanting to get you on the show is that like there's not many people that know that sort of feeling of you meaning well and posting something of like real stuff again like yeah I'm right there with you I've done it I don't know at least a few times now and it's like each time it's that same feeling where you're like no 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 no. you're taking it the wrong way Hmm. and it's like I and then you start to like I don't know, you start blaming yourself for a little bit. You're like, oh, I should have wrote it a different way. And then you're like, wait, no, they're interpreting it wrong. And then it's like kind of one of these things where it's it's tough. But, you know, I guess diving into a little bit more of the details of of what you're saying here, the idea of having a slow response time, I think that was one of the things that probably scared people off because Mm. slow is relative. Uh, I, I think a lot of it is sort of based on the expectations that an artist sort of sets early on in a relationship. Right. So if they are somebody that generally communicates back within 10 minutes, like that's up to them, right? Like, yes, everybody would love to have that like quick 10 minute Mm. response time. That's what you're saying. Um, But you know, if you, if you start working with people that do have these quick response times and all of a sudden you go a couple hours and you're like, wait a minute, Mm. is something, is something happening right now? Like,
2: Sets a bad precedent a... I got a lot of uh, right. pushback on that. Well, no, that sets a bad precedent. So again, that's why I said like at the onset of the relationship, I don't think that that's something that needs right. to, you know, persist over time. Um, but what I'm saying is like, again, I'm, I'm coming at this from the perspective of, you know, I deal with, uh, kind of like big, um, big retail fashion brands in New York city. Um, and I do internal comms. So internal comms and and uh we're responding to the whims of all kinds of, you know, executives that don't have a full understanding of what's entailed in production. Um it's fluid, it's very fluid, and that's how it has to be. Um and that's how you know, that's how they're able to excel and that's how we're able to excel. So for me personally, you know, especially like during the pandemic, like I would have I'd have like 15 to 17 individual projects on the go with like, you know, a, a wide variety of teams and specializations. And I had to scale up fast. And, you know, I went, I, I worked with people who I I felt could do the job and, and they ultimately were able to do it. Um, but you know, like these were kind of like fresh client relationships for me. uh, and, you know, Uh, Like I said, in the in the in the the clarification rant, uh, a black mark on your record stands out so much more than, you know, 100 white marks, even Uh, it's a stain, right? It's like a piece of clothing, like you have one stain on it, like piece of clothing is ruined. I don't care how nice the shirt is. So, you know, you fear that black mark, because once the black marks there, the client just is always looking over their shoulder and they don't like to feel that way. And so they, you know, they're more likely to transition over to somebody else if you let that happen. And so that's it. So, you know, when the clients, they're like, what's ETA on this? And I, and, you know, I don't answer for like an hour. They're freaking out, right? Same same thing. Cause their boss is like, what's ETA on this? I need this. What's ETA. And I'm just like, I don't have any damn clue what the ETA is because I can't get a hold of the, you know, I can't get a, a hold of the compositor and and so that's where you start to get really stressed and of course like there's a reason why i can't because the person's working on the damn job right but it makes me very stressed and at the end of the day and this was the core this was a core of the of the debate and i and i i kind of like recapped all of this later on in the week but there's like a fundamental um you know tug of war between Between um, pushing for things to be the way they should be versus adapting to the way things are. And so, you know, again, like people were like, well, if someone was answering your message every 10 minutes, they wouldn't be able to get anything done. Very true. The way that it should be is that I don't need a fast response time. Ideally, I would trust you. And ideally, right? The reality is I've never worked with you before. I see your portfolio. You come, you know, well-recommended, but I have no prior experience with you. The stakes are very high for me. I have no visibility. This is all remote. And I'm freaking out. That's the reality. So one thing that you can do is be quick to respond, at least until I have that track record with you. And I'm speaking both from personal experience, more so past personal experience. Now I have, now I, you know, the, the volume's gone down, the deal flow's gone down. Um, and I work with, you know, the same people over and over again, and and this is not a, a problem, but there are certain times at the onset of a relationship where you can really stand out by like being like wicked fast in your responses. And the way that you can do that is, uh, deal with people through text. A lot of people were like, well, I don't answer emails very often. You know, like I can't be checking email. Dude, don't, don't work with people through email like work with people through text or or slack like mobile like we have phones now i believe in this i think that uh this gives you a leg up over everyone who's you know only checking their emails at the end of the day i think that uh more and more this is kind of the direction that things are going but the caveat is that you have to work with good people uh, and good clients right you don't want to be uh you don't want to be um you know burning yourself out for clients that don't appreciate the responsiveness and don't pay you well for that responsiveness, right? What you want are the clients that pay damn well. And one of the reasons that they keep paying you damn well is because you're so damn good to work with because you're quite responsive. So if you can set yourself up to be responsive, I think it's an advantage. Then again, the pushback that I got was we shouldn't have to push ourselves to be responsive. The industry should slow down to our lifestyle and how dare you mm-hmm. right you know what <laughs> there's a whole side to that argument that is not ridiculous it makes perfect sense like mm-hmm. should we all try to limit stress and anxiety in the workplace should we you know really have just like the 9 to 5 and not be working after hours and not be working on the weekends i think if everybody did that we'd probably have a better world um a healthier world we would have um you know less competition though would, there would be less uh, pressure to outperform one another because we'd all be restricted by the same kind of standards. And so, you know, progress might be stinted on a large scale, maybe. But is that worth it? Probably. It's probably better to have like a happier, peaceful world than a stressed out, like hyper productive world in principle. But it, is that the reality? So then it's like, maybe be responsive so that you can actually at least like have your career um, instead of, you know, fighting the crusade by, you know, commenting on this guy's LinkedIn post. I don't know if you're going to change the reality. I think if anything, you're just kind of showing like all the good clients that you're not somebody who's willing to be responsive, if anything. So, yeah,
0: I, I there's know. so much in there I that know. I want to respond to. Yeah, sorry. I go on, I um, go on these 10 minute no, no, rants. No, no. That's... Yeah. <laughs> That's great. Um, I think you're, I mean, you're, you're hitting the nail on the head though. It's for me, I'm always looking for an advantage of some kind, right? Whenever it comes to getting clients and I'm competing against other people, we're all competing against them And other it's getting
2: people. more competitive I, also.
0: Right. And I, I personally love competition. So I've never been offended by this idea of somebody working harder than me. I, now I, I will 100% say I've never stayed up all night in my entire life and worked on something. So like, I, I don't, I don't think that's a good idea. I think that if you get to that point, something is broken, mm-hmm. either you need to fix it yourself or something. You can't blame other people. Even if you do something like that, it's more often than not, it probably means that you procrastinated on something and that's why you're working all night. Right. Um so I, I don't, I, I think that there is a healthy and unhealthy balance. Now I, me personally, again, I generally work nine hours a day. It's been that way for six, seven, eight years, something like that. Um, but I'm also, you know, in the middle of the day, if I feel like having a long lunch or getting coffee with my wife or something like that, like I do those things. Right. And I encourage everybody on my team to do the exact same. Um, but at the end of the day, like it is, it's trying to identify what are the advantages that you can have over other people. Mm. Can you simply say that? Oh, I, I am a better artist than this person. You can't. In in no world will you ever be like just better from a skill set than anyone else because it's except for so subjective.
2: Except for uh, there's just a couple people that are absolutely incredible. <laughs> like right, right. There are a few people that it's just like. No. Yeah. Yeah. But that's like, they're, it's so small and those people don't work directly with clients. Those people are like the prize jewel of Sidley and Ogilvy or whatever. Like they're, you know, they're, they're, they're really, really, and they've won the top awards and they're like, Mwah. but like, you all know, right. that's you're not that. You're probably not that. I don't think there's one person like that that's listening to us right now. They're busy. Like, you, you, like it's, they're very rare. Is my point, right? And so, yeah. I, but that's that's me again. That's what I I, I used to think I was amazing, right. better than everybody when I was like, you know, this when I was like a teenager. I was like, well, I'm I'm so good. But no, you're 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 a lot of people do great work. Like we're all like a lot of us right. are are very good at what we do. But the point is, is like you're saying. That is not the thing that makes you the one that gets the opportunities. It is. It is kind right. of like a. Um, it's uh It's a prerequisite, mm-hmm. really. Being good
0: at You're your right. job. You're totally right. Yeah.
2: Being good at your job is a prerequisite. This, That's not a differentiator.
0: It's. It's really important for everyone to understand that this is a service based industry that we are in. Um, I think a lot of people want to productize it. And that's, that's fine. You can probably maybe do that in some way or another, but I think it's really, really important to understand that. I mean, like you said, it's a prerequisite. You have to be good. You have to be good enough to work with certain people. But then at that point, that that's even, that's not a good enough differentiator from everyone else that you're competing against. So it's like, all right, well, where are you going to go from there? So me personally, this morning, People won't like this at all, but I will. this morning I got, I got a project request three minutes later, I was responding and saying, cool, let's set up a call for today or tomorrow. And 100% of the time people are delighted that I was able to get back to them with that kind of speed. Now, not everybody is three minutes, right? Sometimes if it's the end of the day, I'm like, I'll just, usually if it's the end of the day, I'll send them a message. Hey, I'm gonna look into this tomorrow. Like, have a good night. Um, but yeah, so this morning I, I do that. And then I get the same email that I get from almost every single person that calls us for a project. And that's like, wow, can't believe you're so fast on like responding to this. Like, thanks so much. Like, I understand that, like, you're likely reaching out, especially if it's somebody that we've never worked with before. You're likely reaching out because this is kind of an emergency situation for you. And they are feeling anxious already. Um, we have won so many projects by being first, by
2: being the first one there,
0: by just, just being the first one there and just communicating really well. Yeah.
2: We preach that internally, Um, hyper responsiveness, like hyper fast. Yeah. Like as a, as a means to differentiate super fast and you're absolutely right. Um, it's, it's, there's a lot of people that can do the job. A lot of times it's the first, it's the first horse to get to the water and they drink the water. And so one, one thing that you can do and here's here's why i believe that this is one of the main reasons i believe that um 2 to 3 person teams sharing a brand as opposed to being an independent freelancer who's completely on your own there are challenges that come along with being an independent freelancer who's completely on your own if you can if you can sh- because when you take vacation you're on vacation and if you're needed while you're on vacation and you're not there, you're giving room for somebody else to come in and you know build a relationship with a client that you've had for you know many years. Now you can plan your vacations around when you think your clients are going to need you, but you know it's it's not always it's not always super accurate. So it, I really believe the two to three person team that shares one brand one, and that's where where I was getting to the the whole like agency component. Like <clears throat> this is a huge benefit. You can support one another. If someone's not available to respond, the other one can be, or um, you know, just and and you you kind of. But now, if you get bigger than that, that becomes a whole other thing, and it unpacks a whole other pack of problems. Um, But three is kind of the same amount of problems as one, but you split the overhead, you split the back office, you split the brand, you support one another when you're when you're not there, and it seems to be a good size of of team. To you know, move forward with. But of course, you have to find the right synergies, uh, people that you can work with, people that you can love, you know, love working with. Um, mm-hmm. But this is the setup that I believe in: the the three, the the two to two to four person teams. Let's say that unite under one brand, um, and then yep. and then a, a bunch of those kind of working with one another. Um, you know, depending on the scopes, uh, uh, scopes of the projects, that's, that's more the vision for the industry that I think makes sense given what's possible now.
0: I think that's a really interesting thing, I guess, you know, going back to kind of what other people are probably seeing from this. Yeah. That they're individual freelancers and they're like, wait a minute, like, how am I supposed to respond that quickly? Like if I am doing the work as well, I can promise you that was one of the biggest points for me probably four or five years ago where that's whenever I realized I can't do this myself. Cause yeah, I'm trying to do this big project. At this point there was just two of us on the team, me and one other person. And um, it just, yeah, it just, that was some of the hardest mental stuff that I've ever had to get through my entire life was wait, I'm trying to like respond quickly, trying to do all these different things. And yes, it will hurt you. But the solution isn't, oh, the industry just needs to change. It's okay, well, how the, the game isn't gonna change no matter what
2: probably not. Pro- probably not.
0: But you can change the way you play it. Yeah, that's it. Like if, if it
2: does change, if it does change, it's I don't think it's picketing. Um I think it's taking control. And so, you know. Like I'll share a story. Um, like you know, the clients that I currently work with. Like I, I work with. I, I like the agency has four clients. We have four clients, and and our philosophy is find good clients and treat them very well and be their partner. Um, so right now we have four. We're three people in house. Um, two of those accounts are mine, and two of those accounts are another creative producers. And then we have you know somebody who knows adobe suite very well basically and and can either you know deliver or else be the safety net for when you know third parties don't don't deliver or sorry when third parties need support let's put it that way
0: right mm-hmm.
2: the 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 vendors that my current accounts used to work with before you know we came into the mix about four years ago are were big vendors like, you know, one of them was uh, a Madison Avenue firm that, you know, worked right next door. Another one was a 170 employee studio with offices in New York, Santa Monica, and Dallas. These are big companies. And, you know, within three to six months of of working with us, like these accounts, you know, we we displaced these vendors and these accounts, you know, work with us. Uh, directly and we're three guys and and honestly like two of these guys like or are sorry well, like one of these guys doesn't even work with them like it's 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 a guy with a laptop versus a huge thing the reason um it, this is kind of this is possible like like big companies have savvy marketing and comms people in-house they have savvy decision makers in-house and the cost associated to big agency is so prohibitive. I really believe that the shift is, you know, an, an array of smaller partners working directly with comms and, marketing te- uh, comms and marketing teams that are, you know, in the large orgs and they're being like a smarter way to connect and collaborate um directly and not have so much of the spend going towards you know legal uh retention uh recruitment uh marketing sales a biz dev you know like it's like it's like when you when you're working with these big firms it's like 60% of your spend goes towards you know the cost of the the name brand of the agency that you're hiring right it's like it's like you're paying so that the agency can can sell to you you know and then only about 40% of it goes towards the actual you know design and implementation project management whatever and i think um i think people are growing more savvy to that and i think these larger groups are you know that that idea of big agency is kind of you know a little bit of a of a remnant from a time before we could connect direct and deal direct, and so I think there's that shift coming, and so the way to play that game is you i don't think an independent freelancer can 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 compete with big agency on a from a client experience perspective i possibly, but you have to be very 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 good and meticulous a three person team now you're starting to be able to provide the level of responsiveness and the, the level of you know, customer leadership that you know, a team of account managers that are purely dedicated to that, you know they'll do it for like five or six accounts. But if you do it for one or two, whatever, the point is, is that I, I would recommend if you have someone in your periphery that you think could be a good partner with, consider, uh, consider partnering with them. Consider uh, consolidating under a small umbrella not a big one. The goal is not, uh, again, you can, if you want, there's some 15, 20, 30 person studios that are doing phenomenally. And that's a whole other conversation. I'm not saying that that doesn't have its place either, but w- one place where there's opportunity is these small, like two to three person teams and, yep. and if setting yourself up so that you're, you're really winning on customer experience. Cause I think you can, I think you can do well and you can, you know, like I said, I'm a guy in Montreal with a laptop. And, uh, you know, I displaced, a 170 person, you know, New York firm, uh, that's, it's really, it really is doable. So.
0: All right. Uh, I'm going to kick it over to you, Shelby. Um, are we being crazy here thinking that, uh, people should be responding quickly?
1: No. Um, as a producer, I need my artists to respond to me so I can respond to a client, um, But I also, I mean, it's the same thing. I mean, part of the reason that I work at Made By Things is because I responded to an email quickly. Mm. Matt sent me an email. And I responded (laughs) within Mm. an hour. And that was one of the reasons that I said, okay, let's set up a call for the same day. And now it's history. Now I've been here for nearly two years. It's about being responsive and attentive. Um, And the thing is with me, it doesn't even need to be a big thing. If I'm contacting an artist and I say, Hey, what's the ETA? Where is this? I need an update. And they say, Hey, I'm grabbing a coffee right now. Give me 10 minutes and I'll send you an update once I'm back. That's fine. Just so I know what's happening. Just so I know. And I'm updated. That's all that matters. And I know Matt, you had responded. I read your comment back saying that you would rather work with somebody that might not be as experienced or as skilled, but is more you know, attentive and is more willing to communicate than somebody who's the best in the business, but doesn't communicate at all. And that's something when, especially, I mean, if I'm on set or if I'm working with an artist, I'm working with a freelancer, I need somebody who's willing to sit down, talk to me really quick and then get back to work as somebody who's like, okay, well, I'm the best in the business, but I don't need to communicate because I'm the best in the business.
0: Right. There needs
1: to be some level of humility there of okay, yeah, I can take the moment and respond and then go back to my work. Right. There there is trust and there is humility. It's not I'm just the best and I can dismiss everything else. Right.
0: And it's it's also it's not it's not like you need people to like just be constantly watching for your message to come through to respond. No. If they say, Hey, you know what? I'm gonna have uh something pretty good to look at, like at three o'clock on Tuesday. Yep great. As long as we, yeah. As long as we have those expectations of like, great. Okay. So we should see something at three o'clock on Tuesday, but yeah, at three thirty, if we haven't seen anything, we're probably going to ask, you know, and even then they might just be like, all right, another hour. Like I'll definitely have something good. Like it's, it's really just about, it's, it's about that communication. You yeah. Know? That's it. And, and and,
2: and, 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 um, you can also, uh, uh under promise over deliver. So like very often, if if I receive an ETA for 2 p.m., I'll say that the ETA is, you know, end of day. And uh, right. so, um, yep. but uh, e- yeah, that's it. It's again, to hit the point home, because I really don't want people to think that this is the case. Like you said, Matt, it's not about being like a notification junkie who's just like, you know, constantly responding to the ding you know, that's not what it is. Some people that is your job. I'm, I'm actually a little bit like that. Uh, to me, like my phone goes off, I respond to it. Um, but this is really my angle. And you know, I do, I do creative conception and, 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 and edits and things like that. I do that myself, but most of it is, is creative direction working with, with, with doers. Right. But, um, that's not, that's not the necessity. The necessity is, um when you first start working with somebody make a point of making sure that they feel good understand that their feelings are important because they're going to base the decision to continue working with you off of whether they feel good it's and and the result you deliver is part of how they feel good but it's 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 only part of it the experience of working with you is also part of how they feel and so if you can be somebody who makes other people feel good you're probably going to do better than somebody who doesn't consider that to be a priority. That's just the reality. So, you know, responsiveness is fine. Uh, it's it's responsiveness is 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 probably good towards that. But Matt, as you said, um, and and Shelby too, you know, just letting someone know you're there already is enough. So if some, if someone's asking for an update, you can give them a meta update. Just say, I'll give you the update by, you know, by this point again, over promise, uh, sorry, uh, under promise over deliver. Fine. So I'll give you the update by 2 p.m. Mm -hmm. uh, That that way it's like, okay, cool. So now I told the client, okay, well, 4, 4 p.m. They'll get the update. Then it's 1 p.m. I got my update and I hit them up at 2 p.m. And like, everybody's happy. Right. And you told me right away. I, you know. That's especially, oh, the other thing too is during normal working hours. Um, and then someone responded saying, well, you know, as a freelancer, by definition, I don't have normal working hours. Right. It, like you choose your own <laughs> hours, you choose your own hours, right. but the world runs on nine to five for a reason. And, right. uh, you know, people, the, the decision makers of these companies made the decision to go work at these companies because they value, you know, being on the clock nine to five and off the clock. Otherwise. And so if you're a freelancer that, you know, requires them to be responsive at 7, 8 p.m., you're probably not positioning yourself very well in their eyes. Now, you know, again, should right. the world revolve around your schedule or should we, you know, kind of wait for one another? Would that be a better world? In some ways, yes. It is really just not the case for clients that are valuable. Uh, you know the 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 companies that have the money to pay for real creativity and to value creativity for real, they are bigger. They work in certain times, and so of course, if it's nine pm, that's there's a different expectation around you know communications at nine pm than there is at eleven am, or 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 twelve pm, right? So I, I that's ridiculous. If you know if it's ridiculous that you, to not like acknowledge that reality to me is, is borderline insane. It's like, how, how could you, how could you, um, deny that being responsive from nine to five is there's a different expectation in our world as opposed to being responsive from, you know, at 11 PM. So, so that was the other thing too. I I got comments being like, you know, um, when I, I said, you know, during normal work hours and people were like, there's no such thing as normal work hours. It's like, Well, you know, it's like we're not even it's like I say one plus one equals fish. It's like we're we're completely on a different wavelength here.
0: I guess that's the thing. It's like, okay, so yeah, being freelance, yes, you are in control of your hours. You can do whatever you want. But yeah, it's kind of selfish in a way to just think that you get to just work in this vacuum and that everyone else has to respond to you. I mean, you said it you said it best. Like that's why I don't I don't love working with people outside of our time zone. And it's really just because of that. Because when you contact me at nine o'clock PM, I feel the need that I have to respond now. Cause you're the vendor. And like, yeah, so it's, it's just kind of, it's just kind of weird. Like I get it, but you're making me not have like these set hours that I have set. So it's like, well, I need you to have these set hours too so that we're all sort of synced together here. Um, yeah. And the, yeah it's... and the other thing
2: also that I, that I, that I realized afterwards, it's like, you know, I'm like, cause I'm there like, why did, like some of these people like seem to think that like the world should revolve around them. Then I'm like, you know what? Like I kind of feel the same way too. And, 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 and us people who are out here doing our own thing, you know, we're freelance, we have our own little studios, whatever. Um, and, and, and also people that are in small, small companies too, right? Like we like that. We like the fact that we're, you know, in the bushes, in the trenches, we're not part of the, assemb- the larger assembly line. Part of the reason we like that. And part of the reason that appeals to us is because we have pretty, you know, pretty big egos. We we don't want to be one of the bunch. We want to, we want to be our own individuals. Right. And so, you know, anything that kind of says like, you know, um, get in line, I get a negative gut reaction to that. I'm like, I don't know that the whole point of doing this in the first place was so that I don't get in line. And now you're telling me like the best way to succeed at doing this thing is to get in line. Like, you know, so that, that I did understand that too. It's like this, you know, this group of people, we are, we do, um, um, we do pride ourselves and on and value our, our own individuality. um, you know, in the, in the workplace as agents in the workplace. So, um, I understand, I do understand the the sentiment for sure. Like I, I, I did this so that I could have more control over my life. And you're telling me that in order to succeed at doing this, I need to give up control and be, you know, and be at the beck and call. Like, how dare you? And I get that. And that's easy to, that's an easy uh, feeling to tap into if you're trying to you know, if you're trying to bait people, um, you know, whether in a post or in a in a comment on a post, um, that's a very easy way to bait people is by making people feel like their their individuality or their individual liberty is being infringed upon, um, and the, and I think there's a high correlation between the you know artistic uh, freelancer world and uh, you know being susceptible to this kind of thing because we are people who really value that being you know having control over our own career, right?
0: It's really interesting that you you bring that up. Not something I was expecting to talk about, but I think that that's it, I think that speaks to a lot of the the bigger thing here. Like everyone at this point wants to be freelance it seems. Um It's deep. And um and I I guess I've always wondered myself was like, well, like why? So for for me personally, I've always been like, all right, I'm I want to try to develop a workplace where everyone sort of feels like a freelancer in some way, but you know, like what, like I'm trying to like blend these things, like, and it, it's not easy to do it's because future most of work people can't even describe
2: it. Yeah. It's future of work. And, it's, a well, whole, yeah. it's a whole, it's right. a whole, uh, it's a whole thing. Yeah. Um, right. And kind of like, how do you, yeah, sorry to cut you off.
0: No, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but it's, <clears throat> you, you run into these things where it's like, like I like I'm was one of the most angsty teenagers that you could probably find, and stick to the man, yeah, whatever. Like I get it. So like everything that I've ever done has always been like, why? Like no, I'm gonna do it my way, mm. right? Like I've always had this idea of like, let's do it. I want to do it my way, but I've always had to like figure out like what is my way exactly. And like, that's one of the things too, where it's like, I remember like early on being like, oh, I get to like work whatever hours I want. But then I realized that it's actually doing a disservice to the people that I'm working with. Yeah. And that's not right. Yeah. But it's, it's, it's not just that there's tons of things like the whole, like net 30 payments, right? Nobody loves the idea of waiting to get paid. <sighs> and no, we don't either. But it's, it's one of these things like, where where is the compromise? It's, it's not just like, okay, just give into whatever they want. And it's also not, you're not going to get paid tomorrow because bigger companies just don't work like that. So
2: I, well, I, it's one of these I, things I did you another kind of post. Yeah. Out. I did yeah. another post about that, that same week where I actually posted our, yeah. our, our, bank account. I just filmed, I fil- I, I just screen recorded <laughs> the bank account and I was like, look, we <laughs> had, see. we had $60,000 in the account on this day and look, we have zero now zero <laughs> you know this is the, sorry, sorry i'm not laughing no, at you no but that's it i'm like this is and we we had a ton of ton of in you know ton of uh, accounts payable um but i was just like dude that this is the cash reality of the situation and again a uh uh fr- freelancers should never have to wait for payment period agency should always pay their freelancers oh, for sure. period and i'm like yes again for in sure. principle but uh, now here's the question about what is an agency right because Remember we're three, we're three guys. You're one guy right we're, you know, and, and one of these guys is not even part of the picture really. Um, it's a separate part of the business and and so, so let's say we're two guys, and you're one guy. And you know, what am I supposed to do? Do you want me to go to a, a like I'm pushing, man. Um, but the, again, like the accounting system is all screwed for this large client. They they just went through a, a, the largest merger in the history of their sector. It's a ninety thousand person company in, in 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 you know ninety thousand employees just in North America. Two hundred over two hundred thousand worldwide. A big company, and they they just merged. All of their accounting systems are all messed up. This and that. We've been waiting on payments for some six months, and. A, And it's not like, and I'm talking to people, I'm talking to all kinds of different people and they're all like, I'm so sorry. I'm talking to people who are talking to people. And it's just like, there's this huge, this is just what's happening. So, so I'm going to like, I'm trying my best. We, we have, we have a hundred thousand dollars set aside. I I put this too. we have a hundred thousand dollars set aside my money and money that, that I borrowed that I'm paying interest on. In order to deal with cash flow issues, essentially making sure that you get your net thirty and I can deal with the net sixty, right? I, I'm right. and I'm we're two guys. You're one guy, you're one girl. So I have a hundred thousand dollars set aside. What do you have set aside? Anything? No? So what you're gonna start charging me late fees? You think I'm gonna keep working with you? We're we you and I are working together to service. This huge organization, both getting paid well for the work that we do. Now I'm in a bind. You're gonna you're gonna lump all of that responsibility and financial burden onto me. If I was Ogilvy, fine. If I was Publicis, fine. I get it. They have access to huge debt facilities. It's you know credit lines, whatever. For me, I'm just like you. I'm a I'm a guy. Like there's no there's no uh, you know like in this situation. Obviously the people that I'm working with understand this. They they see the the intent to make sure that everyone gets paid on time. They they're they're like and you know what? They've also kind of set themselves up so that if there are some late payments they're not screwed, right? They've they've in the same way that you invest in gear and facilities, you should also invest in a little net of cash in case things go to shit. Then you're not Scraping around and starving. You have some money set aside so that you can be flexible and accommodating. Now, again, that becomes a bad thing if it becomes a pattern. The pattern should be, you know, the the individual, the individuals get paid when they're supposed to get paid. The agency, and that's why I say we're in we are an agency. The agency um takes the hit, right? Mm -hmm. But you cannot have the same. There's a, there's a balance, right? If you have the big agency, the big agency, and even big agencies are late to pay, which is ridiculous. They spend on parties and all this, but they don't pay their freelancers on time. That's insane, right? right. But then you have the small two person agency, which is essentially just two freelancers that are put together, and they already have a hundred thousand dollars set aside to deal with this, and that hundred thousand gets right. busted. In that situation, I'm looking for partners that got my back, that will wait a month and can wait a month, as opposed to me having to take out money from a loan shark at, you know, like emergency debt at like 30% interest to be able to like fulfill the obligations, right? So that's the kind of partner that I'm looking for. So, again, what I'm saying is this world that I'm envisioning, where we have many small teams that are dealing directly with big organizations this whole idea you can't say like oh these agencies are oppressing me or exploiting me but also at the same time like the entirety of the financial burden of the of the pay structure is entirely on them the the if you're going to give somebody that power then don't you know don't expect them to um you know treat you like like a, a, an equal like they're the ones taking all of the burden right and so if they're taking all of the burden then they're also going to take a big piece of the pie to to and you can't you know and then they're going to try to squeeze you because that's the relationship that's been set up. I don't believe in that. I don't believe in big agency squeezing small freelancers. I believe in small teams collaborating equally dealing directly with big with big uh with big companies. And but that means that it's a little bit of give and take. It's like you take some of the financial because again the big companies pay slow. this was an outlier instance, like this merger is this is this has been fixed okay. since then, but I'm saying every once in a while shit's gonna hit the fan, and if you've got good, solid, small teams that are interconnected that can absorb the flows of the market, you can save fifty percent of the spend that's going into marketing and comms and content fifty percent of that goes into keeping this big agency machine alive can can go can go into savings for the big co as well as extra pay for the doers and the leaders right i think that's a world that makes more sense but it means that we're all working together as collaborators not in this kind of like chain you know this rigid chain that that that's been set up so anyway that's my spiel yeah. about that
0: no i thought I, I could on for, for a while. But, yeah, we could. I, know. Uh, I want. <laughs> I want to go into some some final thoughts sure. here. Um, <clears throat> just kind of like back back to that initial question of ten minutes. You know, yeah, yeah. I guess you know, going back to that. Let's let's do that. Ideally, you'd answer in ten minutes. Um, short answer. People that have an issue with that. What do you say?
2: Uh, Keyword. Ideally. I use the word ideally because it's a, it's a, it, you know, an ideal is a, is an impossible thing to attain. You know, what I, what I meant by that. And I should have said 10 seconds, because what I meant by that is yeah. ideally You would answer instantaneously as in like, you know, ideally, ideally you would respond the same way a very good automated chat bot response. You're directly there all the time. Ideally, I say the word ideally as in like, of course, we're never going to attain this ideal, but for the customer right. the ideal experience is a perfectly tailored perfect response you know every time they put their finger on the send button there's a boom a response right away that's the ideal experience that's the experience that you know cannot be beaten from a responsiveness perspective of course of course we can't do that that's why it's ideally because you can't you can't achieve that that's why I use the word ideally so that's why again you know you read you you know you formulate a se- you if you pick certain words from the post and then you formulate a sentence uh you know based on on a selection of words and then respond to that string of, of of characters uh you know you're 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 initiating conversations in in parallel to the point of the actual post um which is fine um but it's just now we have a bunch of different conversations going on in parallel um honestly, which, which is fine. Um, but just, you know, read the language that is in front of you and, uh, and, and process it, um, you know, it, it, and respond intelligently. Um, is probably a good thing to do, but then again, maybe not, maybe you can, maybe what makes more sense is to, you know, say something that's kind of next to what was said and and now there's like i mean it's wasn't a bad thing all the negative comments weren't a bad thing like it it sparked all kinds of great conversations as opposed to if people had just responded to exactly what i said like it would have been very localized and we wouldn't have gone on on these tangents like i learned a ton that week i learned Mm -hmm. a ton that week um not what i was expecting but anyway so but ideally was the was the key word in that sentence ideally meaning not doable. Yeah. All
0: right. <laughs> yeah. Um, Shelby, final thoughts. Yeah,
1: I think um, we talk about the creative process a lot. And I think a big part of establishing your creative process and finding it is also establishing your communication um, and how that fits in within your process. And whether that be, oh, I'm going to send an update every morning of this is where I'm at Mm. and this is how I'm feeling about things. And I think that's an important part of when you're, okay, well, obviously we're creating a process of this is how I'm working and this is my workflow. But where does communication fit into that? Where should you be checking in? Where should you potentially be having meetings? Um, and I think that's important for for everyone, whether it be a producer or a you know a direct creative. That's something that they need to be able to discover as part of their process and make it you know accessible to normal working hours with the rest of the world. So you are communicating properly with everyone else because it is a collaborative right. process.
0: For sure, I would say uh, my final thoughts here are. It's a two-way street, right? It's not just expecting people to respond quickly to to me, right? Um, or like, you know, any any artist, contractor, anybody that that's working with me, like, yes, I want quick communication, but I'm also going to give that quick communication as well. Um It's you know, things like when they send an invoice, we talked about this a little bit. Um, yes, I, I'm pretty sure most of our Contractors get paid within a week. Like, yeah, we have a net thirty policy, but I'm like, you know what? Like, let's you know set this expectation that we are going to be kind of here for each other and and work hard for each other, and like those are the relationships that that I'm always trying to have, and that's how everybody is. Like, all the full time staff that we have, like they are all 100 into that. They all understand the importance of communication, but they also all know. I like to think anyway, and Shelby, correct me if I'm wrong here. I like to think that if they reach out and they have a problem with their paycheck, okay. I'm dropping everything that I'm doing right now, because that's one of the most important things all of a sudden, like I'm going to figure this out. Like, let me, let me, let me work this out because that's, that's one of those, those things that I don't know. We just, we have to have each other's back, I guess. And it's, it's again, it's that two way street. Um so it's it's not it's not just expecting people to always communicate within minutes or constantly be staring at slack or their email um that's that's not it at all mm-hmm. It's really just it's it's the relationship right it's communication is part of that relationship it's everybody wants to work with good people
2: absolutely it's my it's a micro case by case it's a micro case by case if the if the cash is there you know, it can be net 60 seconds. It can be, you know, it's like you did the right. work right away. Like, um, you know, and and the idea is that everybody does their best. Everybody does their best. It's it's the same thing. It's like any relationship. You know, if it starts right. to become a pattern of one-sidedness, things will fall apart. Think about like a romantic relationship, for example, right? Right. You, there needs to be reciprocity and communication about what the expectations are, but not only expectations, but also um um kind of like the values, right? it's more it's mm-hmm. it's more like core values and principles. So um yeah, that's it. Like everybody should just do their best all the time and uh you know, not be selfish and just try to support one another. Um of course, the closer you are to the client, the more uh you know, the more of the financial burden you should bear. I think that makes sense. So if you're billing the client directly, right. it's also on you to make sure that you know that that spread in time is I, I think that that makes sense that makes sense that that the 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 30 or the the 2 days versus the you know uh 70 days that it takes to actually get the that's a that's a real tangible issue um right and 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 it sh- you should bear the burden of that um to a certain degree uh that's the thing it's like to a cer- it's always a question of to a certain degree and and that's that's that was the takeaway is that it's on every like every pairing of individuals to kind of like hash out, you know, how you're feeling right. about how things are going and to touch base semi regularly to make sure that you continue to feel good if and, and to be honest and vocal about if you're starting to feel like you're being taken advantage of. And that's the other thing, too, is like right. if you keep it in. You know, you can't let the, the, and then, and then you have to let the other person know and just make it about your feelings. It should always be about your feelings. Really? It should just, I'm feeling like, you know, you guys are taking advantage of me. I really don't want you to feel that way. Okay. Or, right. or, or the opposite. I really feel valued by you guys. It's like You should communicate your feelings. And, and, and this is almost all about feelings. Like, like we said at the beginning, the work that you do is a prerequisite. How you are able to make people feel. Is 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 ninety percent of the battle, and that, like Shelby said, all comes down to good communication.
0: Right. Uh, you know, the last thing I'll say is, I think a lot of us have seen work from a company or individual, and maybe we're like, "Oh, that's not very good." Well, this sounds bad, but like you 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 see this work, and maybe it's from a big company, and you're like, you see this work, and you're like, I know I can do better. Mm. I feel like we've all said that at some point, whether out loud or internally, because I know that I used to say that all the time. I'm like, why are they able to work with these cool companies? And I'm not able to. And ultimately, that, that is the separator is even though you personally don't think that that work was that good, that client must have felt like they were being heard, being listened to, and there was a good relationship there. So there's a whole other part of this that you don't even know. Like, yes, like everybody wants to do great work. Right. But again, I feel like most clients feel the same way. Most companies where they would rather work with somebody that makes them feel good than somebody that just does a plus plus plus. Yeah.
2: makes them feel good. And then, and, and, and is able to uh, hit the target Um, because there's a lot of great ways to do something. the, the right. one who's in charge of uh the brand's integrity, the one who's you know that's their that's their well, that's what they're charged with the 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 you know the internal marketing and comms people um or and the execs their number one priority is to make sure that the integrity of the brand or organization that they serve is maintained, and you're not putting stuff out there that's off brand that's hurting that consistent the consistency of that brand voice they're there to protect the brand. And so just because you think something's good doesn't mean it's on brand. And they're the ones who decide if something is on brand or not. That's their whole job. So it's about hitting the target more than doing good work. You have to hit the target. You have to define the target because you also have to do something special. You can't just repeat the same stuff over and over again because that's brand. Brand evolves. So you ideally are a thought leader on the forefront of the transformation of the brand. At the same time, you're not stepping out of the brand guidelines. And so, yeah, it's complicated. And that's the thing that agencies do so well. The big agencies, that's what they do are They have all these, you know, processes, uh, you know, secret sauce processes, you know, all kinds of all kinds of great thinking and ways of communicating that go into, you know, making sure that those parameters are met when you're delivering. That's a big, big, big function of agencies. But I also think that people like us are able to take that on and do it just as well.
0: Yeah. Jeremy, where can people find out more about you?
2: Uh, just my personal, uh, LinkedIn profile is, is where, yeah, I'm, I'm all, I'm all in on LinkedIn, uh, going to do YouTube eventually one day. Um, and then just last thing, the reason that I'm, the reason I'm starting to post more is because I'm, um, we're launching a platform, um, which is, it's called Compariscope.com, and it's designed to, uh, help, uh, producers, freelancers, producers, freelancers, and agencies, small agencies, with this exact issue of uh, you know hitting your creative targets and uh, communicating uh, creativity efficiently and effectively, so that um, so that uh, you can maintain good relationships with your clients, uh, book better work more often, uh, close on more opportunities, all by uh, bolstering your communication um, and doing that uh, without having to spend hours and hours, instead just doing it in minutes. So it's called Compariscope.com. Going to start posting about that in March. Uh, right now, you can you can yes. find it, um, but it's not uh, it's not it's, it's not, not it's not, not quite ready yet. But <laughs> mid February it'll be ready. But March first is the official launch date, and uh, that's the whole point of why I'm starting to post about uh, you know tips on on uh, retaining the good clients, essentially. Yeah, yeah.
0: love it, Jeremy. Appreciate it. Um, Thanks. Good conversation, good spirited talk. That yeah, was fun. Uh, we might have to get you on. Keep keep going with some of these topics. It's a lot here. of fun. <laughs> um, uh, so appreciate it, everyone else um, out there in Command Z Land, as Shelby calls our listeners. <laughs> <laughs> command Z Land people, landers, com- Command Zers, Command Z. Yeah, the Command. Zers. Yeah, uh, the command the all right, love you, <laughs> love you. Bye. Love you. Bye. Love you. Bye.
1: The Show is created by Made by Things. And if you have a question you would like us to discuss, you can send a message at cmdz.show. And if you like what you hear, leave a review. We'll see you next week with a brand new show.